praise you. God, we praise you this morning. Thank the Lord. God's good to us. While you're standing this morning, if you have your Bibles, 2 Kings, we've not yet jumped into our new curriculum. I just haven't felt, uh, just hadn't felt it. I read over it, looked at it, and I was like, no, just don't want to do that. Just don't, don't, don't feel that yet. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I hope I didn't order it for nothing, but it's, uh, but it just hadn't, hadn't spoke to me. So we just, uh, but I did feel like I uh, had something for us today. Second Kings uh, 2, verses 9 through 12, story of Elisha and Elijah. It says, and, when it, and it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. He said, thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Verse 12 says, And Elisha saw it. Praise God. He cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. He saw him no more. He took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. I want to just teach a little bit this morning with this thought keep your eye on the prize keep your eye on the prize let's pray together for the lesson this morning Lord we love you today thankful for your word thankful for the promises that we have concerning your word let our hearts hear what you have to say today let it find good ground that we might be better be changed be more like you Lord we ask it in Jesus name and everyone said amen Give the Lord a hand clap of praise again. Aren't you thankful for the Word of God? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated this morning, and God bless you for being in the house of the Lord today. Keep your eye on the prize. That's a saying that we hear in the world a lot of times. Of course, it means stay focused on what you're doing. Be committed to, to what you're doing. Anything you do that you know is going to have a beneficial end result. Uh, you don't want to get distracted in the middle of working for that or you know, if you're shooting for a promotion on your job and you know I've got to fulfill this, well, you keep your eye on the prize. We've told that to kids trying to graduate high school or college, just keep your eye on the prize. Remember what you're going for. And uh, Of course, sports people do that all the time. You know, they, they, They're playing for a a championship for a ring for all those different things. So keep your eye on the prize. You can't uh, go out there and with your mind everywhere else, distracted by what you see, distracted by what's going on in the world, uh, and still make the goal. And if that uh, were to apply for any time, this time that we live in right now, I feel like uh, our commitment and our focus on our walk with God is more important than it has ever been before. We live in perilous times. There's no way around that. I have not seen a time in my uh, short life of 53 years, I have not seen a time where 
I knew every day of the week somebody knew that was leaving this world. It's for the last few months, every day of the week, somebody that we know or connected with somehow has left this world. And uh, it is just, it is perilous times. The, uh, the, the Lord's coming back to get a church. He's going to do a quick work. I thought about this laying in the bed last night. I was about to drift off and thinking of so many that have walked this walk and then have been taken on. And I thought about the scripture says the Lord will do a quick work. And I thought to myself, so I wonder if that's going to quicken the exit of the saints. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to give glory to the pandemic or glory to sickness. Uh, the Lord, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. He set the appointments. And so as time shortens, maybe that's why God's gathering a people. Because hey, he knows he's going to get them up. What I'm trying to, to come back around to is this, is that we cannot afford to be distracted in this last day. We, we must keep our eye on what's important. We can't uh, let the, the terror that's going on in this world, the fear that's happening in this world, the sickness that's happening in this world, the trouble, the, the, uh, the disunity that this world has right now, the threat of war and all kind of things and, and wondering how is this going to work, that going to work. We can't get so distracted by what's happening that we uh, miss the coming of the Lord. And even uh, more that, that we don't, that we're not able to do what the Lord wants us to do or have the things that he wants us to have because we have gotten distracted. Uh, the grand scheme, the, the great prize, of course, is I want to hear him say, well done. I don't know how much time I have here, but while I am here, I want to make sure that I receive everything that he has for me. I want to make sure that my commitment to him doesn't waver. I don't want to uh, bank on, well, I, you know, I, I've been baptized, I've, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost, but now I'm just going to sit back and hide and wait on the Lord to come back. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to have what God wants me to have. I, I want to keep my eye on the prize. I want to make sure I understand that there's things Great, exceeding great and precious promises, the scripture says, have been given to us. And, uh, but I wonder sometimes what has been done with what has been given. And if we allow ourselves, sometimes people will not just be distracted by uh, so much the circumstances of the world. They will find things to distract them because they don't want to see the trouble that's going on. Don't get so caught up in your life that you take your eyes off the what's coming. There's nothing wrong with good stuff. There's nothing wrong with getting an education, having a job. There's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, with relationships and being married and having children and, and raising a family. Nothing wrong with that at all. But sometimes people will uh, busy themselves. You ever, they, they won't busy work so they don't have to think about what's going on. You can busy yourself till he comes back and miss him coming back. Listen, don't get so busy that you just, you, you can't hide from what's coming. And we shouldn't want to hide from what's coming. We know that Jesus is going to take care of us. And so we have to keep our eye on the prize. We, we have to be like uh, Elisha was in this story. Uh, and we have to be committed. We have to keep our eye on what's going on. And, and so when we, 
uh, where we picked up in this story, uh, it is at the end of Elijah's time on this earth. And, and so he wants to bless Elisha and ask him, what do you want me to do before I am taken away? What would you like? Well, I want a double portion of your spirit. He said, well, that's a hard thing, uh, but nothing's too hard for the Lord. And uh, so he said, here's the conditions. You have to see me when I go up. And if you can see me, if you see me when I'm taken away, then you'll have what you have asked for. But if you don't see me, if you don't see this happen, it won't be so. That's the way it is. A lot of times people don't believe that there's uh, conditions to living for God, but there are. We have to be obedient. Uh, the Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. Not if you just sit back and wait on it to land in your lap. You have to be willing and obedient. You have to take up your cross daily and follow him. There's, there's uh, something to living for God. And so Elisha thought so much of Elijah. I, I've said this before, you know, kind of humorous, but I said, I, I, I imagine Elisha's eyes were drying out. <laughs> I don't want to blink. I do not want to miss this happening. So they were walking and they were talking. It was, uh, and maybe he had even begun to just relax a little bit, but then all of a sudden, here comes that chariot of fire, parts them, and Elijah has gone up and Elisha saw it. But the only reason he saw it was because he was committed to doing what his master's word said. I want to be committed to doing what my master has said to do. I want to keep his commandments. I want to live for him. Uh, I, we won't hear him say, well done. We, you've heard us quote this, uh, quoting Sister Mangan, but she said, he won't sell, say, well done, if I have not done well. And so I want, to, I want to hear him say it, but so I want to do well. I want to do what I'm supposed to do and, and realize that this is my responsibility. We live in a day and an hour where you cannot, don't count on somebody else to save you. Don't count on somebody else to walk your walk. It's time now that we get committed to our walk. Do we want to see him one day and not be afraid? Do we want to see him and hear him say, well done? Do we want to enter into those gates and see loved ones that have gone on? Then we must be committed to our walk. And if we want to see something happen here while we're tarrying, while we're waiting, if we want revival, if we want prodigals to come in, if we want to see souls saved before Jesus comes back, then we must get busy about our Father's business. If we want to see it, we can't take our eyes off of it. We cannot take our eyes off the mission to preach the gospel to every creature, to baptize them in Jesus' name, to pray them through to the Holy Ghost, and to teach them the Word of God. We can't take our eyes off of it. Woo! Now, old preacher said, I feel my help. Well, I tell you, there's, there's something to be done in this last hour. The church was not built for decoration. We're not an ornament for the world, but we are a light shining. We are salt in this earth to make an impact to change somebody. Mm. Woo! Oh, if we could get the fire burning like it did when we first got it. Oh, if we could get those flames 
just roaring like it did when we first got it. We were bringing just, just about dragging people into the house of the Lord, inviting people into the house of the Lord. And, and friend, we are living in a day and an hour where it is ripe. <laughs> Let me tell you, the harvest is ripe and ready. It is ready. But Jesus, he said, just pray for laborers to enter into that harvest. We're going to see it. We're going to see signs and wonders and miracles, sure. But we're going to see souls saved if we keep our eye on it. The only reason Elisha got his double portion was because he saw it just like Elijah said it. Listen, we're going to have to see it just like Jesus said it. There's no new doctrine. There's no new revelation. There's no new way uh, of winning souls. Friend, it's going to be according to the book. Nobody's going into glory outside of a new birth. Ye must be born again. And you know why we still see that? Because we hadn't taken our eye off of it. That's what we still preach, and that's why people still receive it. Because the word will accomplish whatever it sets out to do. So keep preaching the word just like it is, and the, the benefits of the word will come pouring in. Elijah. Now his time was over. He had been faithful, and that's why he was taken away. Elisha was not drugged by his heel or by his collar to that place where Elijah departed. Elisha moved on his own. He moved. He made a commitment that he would go. When you back up to the beginning of this story, when in the very first of this chapter, it says when the Lord would take Elijah up by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Gilgal. Elijah told Elisha, you just stay here, tarry, I pray you, and stay here. The Lord has sent me the Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. I'm going. I have walked with you this far. I have not served you all this time to quit now. Friend, I wonder if we have that kind of uh, commitment in our, our war. I have not served you this long. I have not endured the heartache. I have not cried those tears. I have not went through those dry seasons. I have not been through every trial and test only at this point to say, that's it, I'm stopping here. If Elisha stops there, he would never see what he needed to get that double portion. He would... He would just live his life wanting something that he would never attain because he did not keep going. I do not want to live my life wanting something that I could have had. I don't want to have a life of could have beens. Friend, I, I, want, I want a life of what has been and what will be. Friend, I, I don't want to have regrets. I want to be like Paul when it's all over and said, I finished my course. There was not one leg of the race left to run. I crossed the line. I am done. I, I'm in the winner's circle. There's, no, there's nothing else for me to do. But I got to keep my eye on that. I got to understand it. And, and Elisha understood what this meant. And there were prophets that came out and, and they told Elisha, said, don't you know that the Lord's going to take your master away from your head today? He's going to uh, take him away from you. You're going to be all by yourself. And he said, I know What's about to happen? Shut your mouth. He said, hold your peace. But translated in Greek, that's shut your mouth. 
you know, this, you know, we might stumble along the way. We might get tired walking. They, man, they, they walked for miles. They walked from town to town, different places, and everywhere they went. Don't you know what's going to happen? Yeah, I know. Well, you know, so he was telling me again, just be quiet. I understand it. The knowledge of change and the knowledge of loss and the knowledge of what's going on in this world should not influence our commitment to God. We can't let what we see happening right now change our belief in who he is. If we believe that he is the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, that he's wonderful counselor, friend, if we believe he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, there is nothing in this world that should change our opinion of who he is and what he can do and what he can do through me. God's still using his church, still using his people. God has not taken the reins and said, okay, uh, church, sit back. I'll handle everything else. But he is just yearning for us to tarry uh, or to keep going, to keep uh, believing, to keep serving, to keep going. He wants us to do. He's, he's pulling for us. Come on. If you believe me, the people that believe and know their God, they're supposed to be mighty and do exploits. We're supposed to be doing something with what God gave us other than entertaining ourselves. Hello. I love uh, everything that we do in church and conferences and camp meetings and revivals, all those things. I love the dancing and I love the shouting and I love being able to go home and pull up social media and re-watch what we just experienced. That's fantastic. But if our services have only become a point of entertainment for us, come on somebody. I, I, I'm all right with it. I, now don't get me wrong. I'm not against it. I like it because other people maybe uh, get to see it. I was talking with uh, Brother Dusty yesterday, and he was uh, work at a house where he had done some work on a roof, and the, the homeowner there had seen our videos, and he said, yeah, I like the way that preacher dances. So there's somebody seeing something going on in our churches. That's fine. But if we just begin to look at what we do as a source of entertainment for the world, because our dancing won't save them. Come on, our running around and, and jumping up and down, that's not going to save them. But we can preach the gospel to them. And if that'll help get them in, then so be it. Let's keep doing it. But if it don't work, then cut it off. But I tell you what will always work, the word, the word, the word. The word will always accomplish what it's set out to do. It's forever settled in heaven. It can't be changed. And whatever God's word says, that's what it's going to do. And whatever was said to Elisha from Elijah, it was going to stand. But you got to see me because I'm leaving nonetheless. But the only way you get what you asked for is to see me. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back ready or not. And the only way to be ready is to do what he said. I've got to keep looking at it and, and seeing what God wants us to do. There will be so many things in this last hour to sway us, people. You know, this, these, these prophets, they should be on the same side of Elijah. And, but they're telling him, come on, won't you just stay here? Don't you know what's going to happen? Don't you know you're about to lose your master? Just trying to, no encouragement, nothing. I just, don't you know what's about to happen? It, it rubbed him wrong. You know, we need to start putting to silence voices that are trying to kill our commitment. Hello? 
If they are really your friend, they will not speak against your consecration and they will not speak against your commitment. If, they, no, no, no. if they're really your friend, they won't, they won't look at you and say, well, you don't have to do that. They won't try to stop you from being committed to what you've been living. If they were really your friend. So there might be some people we need to just start saying, hold your peace. If you want to be nice, just not say shut up and say, hold your peace. Because what you're saying, look, this got me, this consecration, this commitment got me this far. And just because you ain't going no farther, see, them prophets were staying right there where they were. So some of these folks that say they prophesying to you, seems like they're staying in the same place, trying to get you to stay in the same place with them. Tell them, oh, I got I to gotta walk. I got a journey. There's somewhere I got to go. I'm keeping my eyes on the one I'm following. I've been following him for years, and I'm going to keep my eyes on him. And we love the, I mean, it's a, a miraculous fire, chariots of fire, mantles falling out of the sky, Jordan River getting parted. I mean, just stuff going on. We, we love all that. But before any of that, it's not, it's not about that. It's what it took to get it. Because there's a book full of the miraculous here, but it takes something to get it. Yeah, you can, you can read it all day long and never experience it. We've got to obey the Lord. We don't have to just believe the gospel. We've got to obey the gospel. We've got to keep his commandments. The Bible says that's the, the whole duty of man is to love God, fear God, keep his commandments. Keep, 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 keep his commandments. I wasn't stuttering. I'm just emphasizing the word keep. Oh, I think I was about to fall out up here. I wasn't stuck. The record ain't scratched. I got it. You young folks don't know nothing about them record skipping, so I don't even know why I said that. Listen, God, or Elijah, told Elijah, he said, if you see me, so it took a commandment, and then it took obedience to the commandment. Elisha could have got interested in, wow, check that, that little old lizard running. Elijah, where are you at? Wait a second, it ain't fair. I walked all this way. Yeah, but you didn't see me. You were supposed to keep your eye on me. I don't walk all that way and miss it. I don't walk all that way. Maybe that, maybe that was something in the disciples' head. Maybe that's what was why they, after Jesus was taken up in the clouds, maybe that's why they just kept standing there. Because they, they wanted to, I don't want to take my eye off of him. I don't, but, but they understood his word will help you keep your eye on it. It's the word. Uh, you, you won't have to see him physically, but keep his word and you'll see what he wants you to do. Keep that word and it'll help you. Uh, Jesus told us we've got to have commitment so that we can be his and be his disciple. Matthew 16 and 24 and 25, he told us, he said that if we're going to uh, come after him, if any man will come after me, he'll have to deny himself. That means there are things that Sometimes you're just going to have to tell yourself no. Oh, but I so, so want this. 
if it gets your eyes off of what Jesus called you to do, is it going to be worth it? If it will cause you not to be all that Jesus knows you can be, is it worth it? But my flesh wants it. But Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You've got to follow me. But guess what? You will get stuff all along the way. Because when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, I believe that all these things shall be added to us. But he will not give them to you on the journey too soon. And he won't give them to you too late. Elijah, Elisha did not receive uh, that double portion at the first stop or the second stop. He, he had to go all the way to the end. It, it had to be uh, by the word to get it. He couldn't just wish for it silently and, and believe, okay, it'll happen. He had to actually tell it. What I, this is what I want. Well, then this is what you'll have to do. And he said, I agree with you. I'll watch. I'll keep my eyes on you. The Lord said, come, let us reason together. We've got to, uh, we've got to understand that God is going to give us what we need, but it's going to be by his word. And, we, and he, he's so good that he'll say, okay, let's reason this out. Just like Elijah did. Okay, it's a hard thing, but I'm not going to deny it. I'm not just going to say, no, ain't no way. I'm giving you a double portion. You've walked this far. I see your commitment. I see your desire. So if you see me when I go up, you'll have it. And Elisha saw him. Elisha kept his eye on the prize. And, and he wasn't try, trying to make a reputation for himself by asking, give me a double portion. I want, I want twice as much as what uh, you did. He, he wasn't trying to make himself famous. He wasn't trying to make himself rich. He just had a desire to do. Jesus said, the things I do, you're going to do, and greater things shall you do. Uh, any master would love to see his servant just go on and pass him by just and do greater things. Any parent, any father, any mother wants their kids do better than I did. Don't want to hold them back and, and be jealous of them or something. No, go, go, go for all of it. Do more than I did. You hear stories all the time of parents maybe that they grew up in hard times and older times and, and they had to just scrimp and save and do everything they could and maybe they didn't go to college, but boy, they put their kids through college because they said, I want them to have more than I had or they, they, they do things to make their life easier than it was on them because they want their kids to do better. But you can want it all day long, but if the kids don't embrace it, it never happens. And you can want things from God all day long, but if we don't embrace it, it never happens. Jesus said it like this in Luke 23 and 24, basically the same statement. But he said that if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. He, he, There's a little extra emphasis there that this is not a Sunday thing or a Wednesday thing or a camp meeting thing. Hello. It's, it's daily. It's on Tuesday. It's on Monday morning at work. It's, it's on Thursday. It's, it's every day. It's, hey, it's, it's at the beach. It's at the lake. It's at the theme park. It's wherever you are. It's daily. You, 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 you would ride that roller coaster with your cross <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Some of them ride you, but for sure 
but, but wherever you go, you're representing the Lord. You never say, well, I, I'm at the theme park. I ain't got to act like I know Jesus. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm at, the, I, I, I'm at the lake. I'm at the beach. I don't have to act like I know Jesus. Nah, that's not right. Daily, daily. You'll lay down tonight. When you open your eyes, that's another day, daily. And as long as you keep opening your eyes, that's daily. I mean, that's it. That's daily. All the hours and the minutes and the seconds that are in every day, daily. And so sometimes you just have to tell yourself no. Because we can be our own worst enemy. Yeah, there are times when it's others that are, are really working against us. But sometimes we just work against ourselves. But I want to be like Elisha. I want to say that I tell every other voice, every negative voice, everything that would try to stop me to hush. I'm going to keep. I want to tell the news to hush. I want to tell all the politicians to hush. Tell all them celebrities to shh. Yeah, hush. I don't want to hear nothing the world's got to offer. I don't want to hear anything they got to say. I don't want the wisdom of the world, but I want to live for God because I want to see him do the things that I know he can do. And I want to do what I know he's called me to do. Sure, we won't. We want the thunderbolt, the, the, the fire, the lightning, the shaking. We want that rushing mighty wind. We want chains falling off, doors slinging open. But you're going to get that only through commitment to God. I love Peter's life. I love his story. I love the fact that he was a train wreck most days. And yet he still ended up preaching that message on the day of Pentecost because that's what Jesus knew he could do. I gave you the keys because I know you can do this. Oh, you can be stupid sometimes, Peter. You can be foolish sometimes. And I, I want to rebuke you. And there's going to be things you, you, you know, you, yeah, Peter, you know, put your sword up. You know, it's sometimes I, I have to tell you, but, you know, but all that Peter did before he ever walked on water, before he ever made that declaration, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Before he ever took the keys from the Lord, before he ever saw the empty tomb, before he ever preached on Pentecost, before he ever grabbed that man by the hand and said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Before he ever escaped prison by angelic help, had a rooftop vision preached to Cornelius, he obeyed two small words, follow me. Look at all that he experienced, all that he had because he followed Jesus. And it never changed. When Jesus had resurrected and had had a conversation with Peter about feeding his sheep, he wanted to know, what's John going to do? And the Lord looked at him and said, if I will that he just tarry till I come again, What's that to you? Don't get your eyes on somebody else, Peter. And you know what he told him? He said, follow me. The two words that got him started were the two words that were going to keep him going. It's commitment. It's commitment. It's commitment. Follow me. Even after Jesus was received up out of their sight, it was still follow him. And oh, how am I going to follow him? He's gone. His word. Because he said, I didn't leave without giving direction. Go tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. 
and they went and tarried. I don't know where three, about 380 of them, I don't know where they went because the Bible says he was seen of above 500 and only about 120 were in the upper room. Everybody won't have the same commitment. Maybe, hopefully, that other 380 were in the crowd on the day of Pentecost and they were like, we should have been in that room. But guess what? They could still have it because God's merciful and they were there to see it happen. And, and they got that rushing mighty wind because they obeyed what he said. Even Jesus was so committed to his, he said, to this end I was born. When it was getting, it was, it was tough the whole three and a half years he walked openly in his ministry. It was hard because people didn't believe him. They, they wanted to kill him, wanted to throw him down the hill one time. Just They was always trying to trick him, trap him, something all the time. But right there at the end, when he knew it's coming to a close, he, he prayed in the garden, Matthew uh, 26. We've read this not too long ago, but it says that Jesus prayed and said, if it's possible, just let this cup pass, but nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then he came, finds them asleep, finds everybody asleep, but he talks to Peter. And he's got, he's got some high expectations for Peter because he knows Peter is more than what he's doing right now. Peter, couldn't you watch one hour? Couldn't you just stay awake, watch, pray one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's why you got to pray. You got to be committed to this walk with God because guess what? Your flesh is weak. Oh, you feel good Sunday after church. But Monday, the flesh says, all right, Monday's my day. Get up the hush. No, I'm taking up the cross. You know what, what the cross is? That's where the flesh dies. And if you'll take up the cross daily, you'll crucify that old weak flesh and walk in the spirit, praise God, and you'll see and do what Jesus wants you to do. John, uh, so, well, then Jesus prays again. And he says, if this cup won't, you know, I preached this just a few weeks ago. Oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. He realized the only way that this is going to happen is if I stay committed and I fulfill what the Lord has for me. You know, so they come, and just a short time after that, they show up to take Jesus. They arrest Jesus, and, and they get him. And, and Peter, again, so zealous to protect the Lord, Pulls his sword, cuts off uh, the ear of the high priest's servant. And Jesus said unto him, John 18, 11, he said, Put your sword into your sheath, because the cup that my father has given me, shall I not drink it? This is what I've got to do uh, so everybody can be saved. And so uh, the Lord reminded Peter of commitment. We all need to be reminded sometimes that we, we can't, just a little folding of the hands to rest, to sleep. The Bible says, and your destruction will come as an armed man. It'll, it'll, it'll be like a thief sneaking up on you and robbing you and attacking you. We, we've got to uh, not just fall asleep and nod off on the Lord. We've got to keep our eye on what he wants us to do. And so, but also there's a little point there. In our zeal, sometimes to protect what we are, what we're doing. Let's make sure we're not using the sword 
in such a way that it prevents the will of God from happening. Let's make sure that that sword, that word of God, let's don't use that word in such a way that it will prevent the will of God from happening. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 tells us about a race we're running. But he said, Wherefore, seeing we also can pass about with a great cloud of witnesses. You know why they are a great cloud of witnesses? Commitment. You know how they found themselves into that cloud? Because they stayed faithful to God. So he said, let us lay aside weights and sin that will so easily beset us. Uh, get the things that will distract you, the things that will get you off course. You know, it's hard to run straight if you've got a heavy weight in one side. I used to watch my, my grandmother on my dad's side. I used to watch her go out to feed her hogs every day when I would stay with her. She'd have a five-gallon bucket full of slop. Just, whew. And I was older lady, but she'd pick that up and just one side, and it would be like, but she'd, I'd always know she'd put that other arm out and balance her so she could walk balance. Because when you just got all that weight on one side, it's hard to walk straight. It'll pull you. He said, get rid of the stuff that's going to pull you to the side. Get rid of the stuff that's going to trip you up. Oh, just, you know what? I write unto you, one writer said, that you sin not. I preach unto you today that you sin not. Just, you know, do your best not to sin. <laughs> All right? It, quit going, I'm just flesh and blood. I know it. I know it. What a cop out for us sometimes. I know we are. But if it weren't possible, I know we're sinners and the grace of God has saved us. And I know no man uh, you know, has, is righteous, no, not one. I understand all those things. But once he washed me and cleansed me, and I come out of that water, I'm sin free. Have I messed that up since then? Sure. But that's why he said, if you sin, we have an advocate with the Father. But, but you know, do your best just not to sin. Because you know what sin it can be forgiven so easily by God, but it is so hard to forget by us. And so even though he forgives us, we still stop running because we can't get over the shame. We can't get over the fact that we actually did that. And, and, it, and we tear ourselves up. And again, you know, when the Lord said deny yourself, you need to deny yourself from tearing yourself down. So we think, well, to deny, deny those all those things you want. But it ain't about just all them things you want. It's about all the things you do. And sometimes it's what you do to yourself. Tear yourself down. I'm useless. I'm worthless. I'm, I'll never get it right. I just can't do anything. I'll never be anybody. I don't even know why I keep going. I'm just going to quit. You talk yourself right out of church. You got to keep your eye on the prize. You got to keep going. Uh, so he said, put that back. I didn't even finish. Uh, Running the race with patience. Patience means commitment. The race that is set before us. And then verse 2, look unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Keep your eye on him, the author, finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, he endured the cross. Endurance is commitment. Uh, despise the shame. Set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him. Think about him. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. You just start thinking about everything. He, when, when you feel like, mm, I'm going to throw the towel in, he said, think about what he went through. Paul said it like this in Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Yeah. We need to have the same mind as the Lord 
on these things, on trials and trouble and tests. We need to have the same mind of the Lord that I'm not giving up that if the only way this is going to happen is if I drink it, then I'm drinking it. I'm sticking with it. I'm going to keep following God. I will not stop. Listen, we've got to keep ourselves. Keep your heart right. The Bible says out of the heart are the, the issues of life, so keep your heart with all diligence. One writer said, my heart is fixed. My heart is fixed. Uh, one writer said that uh, I will still, with, my heart is so set on God that I will just sing and give praise even with my glory. I, I, I've made my mind up. This is where I'm going to stay. This is what I'm going to do. Let me tell you, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience gets you started, but commitment sees you through. Because we all had to obey the commandment. And obedience will get you started, but it's commitment that sees you through. Commitment equals continual obedience, no matter the circumstance. And you read it over and over in the Scripture. Noah had it because he built an ark by faith. It took him 70-something years to build that ark. And uh, he, he, he did it by God's Word, according to God's Word. He did all that God commanded. He was obedient. He kept his eye on the prize. Job had it. He said, I will not let go of my integrity till I die. I'm going to hang on to this until I take my last breath. Moses had it because he chose to suffer with the people of God rather than be a, a prince of Egypt. And he didn't care about the imperfections of the people. He said, I don't care. I'm still going to stick it out with God. Joshua and Caleb had it. And it cost them uh, to endure 40 years of wandering, even though they knew what was supposed to be their possession, they still held on until they got it. Ruth had commitment. She stayed with Naomi when she lost her husband and her father-in-law and, and her mother-in-law's like, just go on back to your own land. She said, no, ma'am, your people are my people. Your God's my God. Where you go, I'm going to go. And she stayed with them because she did that. Ruth became, uh, found herself in the lineage of Christ. Uh, you never know, you'll never have what you could have if you take your eye off God, if you take your eye off the prize. You don't want to do that. You want to make sure that you stick it out with God. And finally, I, I'm jumping jumping because I know I'm running out of time here. Listen, the one thing about Ruth and Elisha, both I love, is that the knowledge, they both knew that things were different. The knowledge that things change and that our life has to change does not and should not change our commitment to God. I said that earlier, I know, but just reminded me that when uh, talking about Ruth. She knew, man, this is not the way I saw life going, but that's not going to change the fact that I am going to stick with you, and I'm not going back to Moab. I'm staying with you, Naomi. I'm going to stick it out. In uh, Philippians chapter 3, Paul said this. You can stand with me. Uh, Philippians 3 and 12 through 14, Paul said this. Not as though I had already attained or either were already perfect. I haven't yet got it. I'm not yet complete, but I follow after. I'm still on my journey. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still reaching. He says, so I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I haven't caught this yet. 
But this one thing I do, I forget about the things that are behind. I reach forward to those things that are before. I press toward the mark for the prize. I am keeping my eye on the prize for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, this is what I do. I follow after. Elisha followed after, and he kept his eye on Elijah. And he listened to what his word said, and he obeyed the word. And because he did that, he got that double portion. If you were to read 2 Kings 13 and 21, you'll read where they were burying a man. And they kind of hurried up a little bit, so they threw the guy into that sepulcher, and it, that body touched the bones of Elisha. And that man popped up alive. I'm like, well, that's a great miracle. But you know what that miracle was? It was the fulfilling of the promise of the double portion. Because depending on how you, how you figure it out, Elijah has 14 miracles and prophecies that all came to pass. So that means Elisha would have to have 28 the 28th miracle was the dead man that touched his bones because death don't stop God. And, and even in his afterlife, I don't know if anybody was counting back then, but Elisha had asked for a double portion. And while he was at 27, he was laid in the grave. He was one shy of that double portion. And years later, when there was nothing but bones left, God fulfilled what he said. I'm telling you, there's an afterlife for you and I where the promise is going to be fulfilled if we keep our eyes on him. Some of us will, be, will come up. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Some of us, whether, whether it's resurrection or rapture, there's a promise in the afterlife for keeping your eyes on him. And it's what the promise he received while he lived and breathed that got him the double portion in his afterlife. It's what we do here while we live and breathe that determines what we're going to do in this afterlife. I want the miracle of everlasting life with him. Let's lift our hands and just ask God to help us keep our eye on the prize. Lord, we love you this morning. Praise you today. Thank you for your mighty word. Thank you for your promises. And Lord, today, help us now, God, in this day, in this hour, to be more committed than we ever have, to take up the cross daily and follow you, to call to remembrance the former days, Lord, after you illuminated us, after you told us about your love and mercy. When you filled us with the Holy Ghost, God, let the fire begin to burn again, God. Oh, God, help us to do the work. Put our hand on the plow and not look back, God. Do it with all our might today, God. Help us, God. Oh, in your name, Jesus. Touch us in this house today. Bless us in this house today, God. Glory to your name. Jesus in your mighty name. Would you lift your hands and just I'm love him for a minute? Come on, let that I'm be your prayer. I'm not turning back now. I'm not turning back now. Oh no. I'm not turning back now. Oh no. I'm not turning back now. All the way, Jesus. I'm not turning back now. Hallelujah. I'm not turning back now. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We used to sing songs like, I'm going to make it all the way home. Commitment. Let's be committed, folks. Don't, don't, let, don't let Sunday living be a hobby. Let, it be a, let living for God be your lifestyle. Don't let it be a weekend thing. Don't let it be a camp meeting thing. Don't let it be a... Daily, daily. Pick up the cross daily. Follow him. Praise God. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. I believe God's going to bless us today. God bless you.